Welcome back to Living Our Breast Lives, a podcast not only about two women thriving with metastatic breast cancer, but also self-love, appreciation, and overall awakening to this beautiful gift we call life. Each episode, we will be focusing on a different theme that will highlight each episode. Please don't forget to not only tune in, but to also subscribe and review. Welcome back, and thank you for tuning into our podcast, Living Our Breast Lives. My name is Ren, and with me is Kate. Hey, everybody. All right. So first things first, wow, because the feedback that Kate and I got from our MTNBC segment was, I mean, gosh, it was incredible. Thank you for all the love and the amazing feedback, and more importantly, our fierce participants, like, Gosh, I don't even have words. Like, y'all are the true MVPs. This is actually funny. So side note, we actually loved it so much that Kate and I already want to do another one. And when I say we want to, I mean we we are. <laughs> so Kate and I will be doing um, an NBC AYA Instagram segment coming soon. Um, AYA stands for adolescent and young adults. So essentially anyone diagnosed under 40, which... Trust me, what a wildly different and super eye-opening perspective that that is. But not only was the segment a huge hit, but so was Stephanie's episode. It, gosh, it really seemed to have like hit home for a lot of people. And between Deltra and Cheryl and Stephanie, those were just some powerhouse interviews. Like they inspired Kate and I so much. I hope they inspired you as much as they did us. It's just really wonderful to obviously be in the presence of like such strong, driven individuals. So before we get into the episode today, we want to kind of get a little bit more personal with y'all. So we're going to kind of just discuss some things that have been going on with your co-hosts. So Kate, what's new with you? Any updates? What's going on in the land of Kate? Oh gosh. Um, personal wise, you know, still working enjoying being a dog mom um enjoying the last sub triple digit temperatures that Arizona will see for a while um I'm going to Disneyland next week so that's like highlight so excited um uh cancer land um probably more updates there so the metaviver this is NBC campaign that runs every year features 12 thrivers um the year before it runs they do a giant retreat and there's video and pictures and so i know we've shared on the page um that both deltra and cheryl were part of that um along with me and slowly they're rolling out our interviews and some of our pictures and so mine started to come out so that's been kind of exciting but also a little bit bittersweet um, I've only been able to watch my interview one time and I probably will only watch it one time. Um, I'm proud of myself because I know the woman that did those interviews has come so, so far, but there's still the emotion of, I remember how scary that time was even then. Um, so I only watched it once, but it's been so great to have friends reach out um and say how awesome the interview was i had um one of my coworkers who i've been friends with forever but he is not involved in this space at all so he messaged me at work and said i watched your interview and i just wish i could hear more and that was like so meaningful because it was somebody outside of our space and i mean that's the point of this campaign is that we do need attention outside of it we know what it's like so it's been really cool um to see those things roll out I'm really excited to see some of the other women um yeah other than that just same old same old with treatment what about you what's new well first let me say that your interview I texted you like right after I watched it I loved it and for anybody listening who hasn't watched it, you can go on Metaviver's Instagram page and they are featuring different people. And when they do feature Kate, um, you can click the YouTube link and it pulls 
her interview right up and it was just so wonderful like you're like very well thought out um very touching and emotional but raw and authentic and just straight from the heart and so I really appreciated listening to it so I think you did a really great job oh thank you that means a lot it was yeah I mean you can tell in the video I I couldn't even get a sentence out um, it was amazing that, I mean, I gathered myself enough to answer the questions, but it was very much a like, you know, continue to talk, even though your voice quivers the whole thing. <laughs> so yeah, I appreciate it though. It was, I hope that it does good in the world. Yeah. And again, anybody that wants to listen to it, the link is still there and we'll also, you know, post it on our story the next time she's featured on Metaviver. Um, so what's up with me? Um, so a few weeks ago, I actually saw Brittany uh, living our breast lives prior co-host. And I told you this, Kate, but her and I, we went to an emo night here in Charlotte. <laughs> and so we just like, you know, we're headbanging and, you know, dancing the night away. And we're just both really big, like 2000s, like punk rock girls. So that was fun. I just like going out dancing, having a few drinks and just like letting loose. I feel like we all pretty much need that every once in a while. So that was fun. Um, quick update on Brittany, actually. She has officially started her second line of treatment. She's doing okay. You know, right now she has side effects that are a bit rough. But I'm kind of hoping that, like, the longer she's on it, the more, like, maybe manageable it will become. I know that's not the case for everybody, but I'm, I'm praying that it is for her. But she's a trooper. And she says hi and that she misses you all. And Kate, she actually said that she thinks that you're doing a really wonderful job. So that put a big smile on my face. Oh, that's so sweet. I hope that to your point that I don't know if they become more manageable or you just know what to expect so you can better like medicate. Either way, I hope that for her because navigating a new treatment is tough. It is. It's really hard and the anxiety behind it is tough too. Other than that, oh, you know what? I actually got to spend some time with my like Charlotte Metzters last weekend. So I've mentioned it before briefly, but it's this local NBC support group here in Charlotte that I found uh, Stephanie is actually a part of it, too. That's how I met Stephanie in a weird way of me seeing her, you know, on the news and then all of a sudden finding out that she was actually a part of this support group. So the stars kind of aligned with that. Um, but I don't typically like to do like the whole sit around in a circle and like talk about your feelings type of support group. But this time it was more of an activity. We um, went to the plant house and we made terrariums. And that was so fun. I'm like not the most creative person but it was like I was kind of in the zen and it was fun I liked it and now I have like this awesome terrarium on my counter to show for it so I'm like hell yeah but it, you know it was nice to see everyone and it was a good pick-me-up and I don't know other than that not much else okay so today's episode is lighthearted, informative and one that could be helpful to those in and out of the cancer community and we are talking cancer survival must-haves. And I honestly wish, I don't know, I wish this episode was around when I was first diagnosed because it's, I don't know, how, how do you put it, right? It's the guide no one wants. But if you need it, God forbid, it's, it's just a lifesaver. And so look no further. Your co-hosts, Ren and Kate, are here. So let's get into it. So yes, just like Ren said, when you're newly diagnosed, there's a lot to worry about and what to do and what to get. And it's like really overwhelming. And you're still navigating, you know, actually starting cancer treatment. So like what you need, you it, you may not know. Exactly. And so when your family, your friends, your community, when they want to show up for you, you can't always tell them what you need. And they may not know what will be helpful to you. Right. And we'll get to that later. Um, and then once you're kind of, you know, expert mode in cancer land, other people will come to you and ask you what they should get the people in their lives that have cancer and they don't know. And so there's not really a way that you ever escape being asked that, I think. I mean, Ren, have you had that happen? Oh, my God. More times than I can count. I'm actually um, we'll get into like the specifics for like must haves, but I actually just had a woman reach out to me recently and she asked me for these must-haves and of course I was like this episode's going to help you tremendously but I also told her immediately what helps with neuropathy and I am actually going to lend her 
my stuff. I was like, why, you know, if we're local, like, why have you spend that money when you can just use mine since I'm not currently using them? So I thought that was pretty cool. That's awesome. Yeah. I just actually, a friend reached out to, and I love that. It's never a problem. Um, because I, I love that people feel comfortable reaching out because it's better than some of the skip things that we'll get into later. Um, but it's good to just have it all put in one place, right? Exactly. And so we decided it would be fun to do an episode of Cancer Must-Haves. And so we will share ours, like our personal must-haves, but then we'll also share what the community shared from our engagement piece that we did on Instagram. And then... To take it one step further, we will link all of these in an Instagram highlight for anybody that wants to see if you can, you know, buy these um, items for yourself. So that being said, why don't we start with chemo and infusion must-haves? Um, and I do want to say, keep in mind that some of these, they're just must-haves and that everyone's experience is different. So we're just hoping that like some of these items will make someone's experience just a little bit easier and especially for someone just recently diagnosed. So Kate, why don't you just go ahead and like kick us off with your must-haves for chemo and infusions? Sweet. So my must-have slash favorites for chemo or infusion, the first one is accessible clothing. So there are brands that have, um, they are specific to people who have ports or lines, and so they have openings so you're not stretching out your collars or you know, having to get undressed. Um, but I personally like to just wear a quarter or a half zip. I, I go to Patagonia brand fleeces because it's a two for one. They keep you warm in the cold infusion center. And most of them have, I like the quarter button up fleeces, but that way it just is already open. So my ports, I'm not stretching out t-shirts. It's really easy. Uh, second to that would be comfy clothing. So I like to wear joggers. Um, I personally really like Vuori joggers. I think they're the most comfortable pant on the face of the earth. I really only wear them, at, like, in my life. It's um, it's rare if I wear anything but my Vuori joggers. So it's my go-to, but any jogger, any sweat pant, um, yeah, any of those are comfortable. For me, and again, like Ren said, these are what worked for us. So I have an infusion center where you get a little um, pod that's separated by partitions, but it's not a private room. The lights are for the whole center. And so for me, an eye mask was really helpful um, so that I could close my eyes. I could listen to music or meditate or take a little nappy. Um, So I really like the brand Manta. It is... um, formed around your eye in a way that your eyelashes don't hit it and it doesn't press on your eyelids. It's just a really comfortable mask. I actually got it during chemo and I still use it to travel because it's such a good mask. Um, Yeah, fuzzy socks seems silly, seems not helpful, but I found they were really helpful. I like to take off my shoes when I was getting chemo and put on my fuzzy socks and kind of just try and be a little bit more comfy. Um, let's see what else. Travel size pillow and blanket. I loved this because I am a germaphobe, so I don't really like to use the center's stuff. I know they disinfect it. No problem if you do. I just don't. It makes me uncomfortable. So I got a travel size pillow and then a travel size blanket, and it was perfect. The pillow is so tiny, works, you know, in a chemo center. You're not bringing your pillow from home. Um, so I loved that. And then another big one for me is oncology safe skincare. So chemo changes your skin a lot. Um, and so for me, it was, I had some reactional like rashes at first, and then I had really, really dry skin. And so finding skincare that was safe to use was really important in addressing those things. And so Um, I'm a big fan of IS Clinical, um, but even like brands that you can just get at Target, like La Roche-Posay has their improved to use for oncology patients. Um, And that's a really good one. I really loved their moisturizer. Um, Camwell is another natural brand. 
Um, so those kinds of things, um, skincare-wise, are great. And then my last one, I spent a lot of time in a hot bath, um, especially in the few days after infusion, um, when I was actually getting chemo. Um, and Epsom salts were a godsend. Um, I liked the lavender scented, but unless you know for sure, I would. You can just get regular unscented um, Epsom salt, but that was great. I feel like that really help those days go um, a little bit easier muscle-wise. Um, all right, Ren, so I will hand it off to you. What were your chemo slash infusion faves? So that was a, like an extremely helpful list of items. Um, let me think. So I had mentioned before the like ice mittens. Um, so basically what they are is they help both your hands and your feet with neuropathy. And I know some people will go ahead and just like use just regular ice packs, but there was just something different about these items kind of like fitting like gloves. They were, there was a little bit more comfort behind them, but I will say like the whole experience is not comfortable. Like ice is freezing cold, which is why maybe getting, you know, the zip up that Kate was talking about before, or like a heated blanket or something along the lines, like just to keep you warm. My infusion center has heated blankets. So bougie over here. Um, what? I know. I'm going to write a letter because we do not. Yeah, no, the heated, like the heated blankets definitely make a huge difference, but we will, and I will absolutely link the ice mittens for both your feet and your hands. That was a necessity for me. And I will say five years later, I do not have any neuropathy issues. And so I truly believe that they really made like a big difference. And then I have to acknowledge cannabis and Zofran just for like the extreme nausea part of it, because that shit sucks. I will say, depending on where you live, obviously there are states where like marijuana isn't legal, but some of those states, medical marijuana might be. And it's a, you know, cancer is a qualifying condition. So definitely talk to your doctor. Um, there were days where cannabis was the only thing that got me through. I, funny story for you real quick. I might get in trouble for this, but we'll figure out if we want to edit it out later. But I, before treatment would actually hot box my car by myself. <laughs> Speaking of like high school behavior with your emo, like. It's just all connecting right now. I know. I'm, you know, I'm something else, but I would just kind of sit there and like just hotbox my car and just like gear up because I knew what was to come. And it was the only thing <laughs> that got me by. Um, some people might be judging the shit out of me right now. That's cool. That's fine. Like you can judge, but it, it could also really, really help. So again, like talk to your doctor. If there is medical marijuana that is available, I would highly suggest it. So, yeah. So, can we stop right there? Because nausea is like public enemy number one True. during cancer mm -hmm. treatment. And everyone will tell you the combo that they swear by. So, like, was uh, cannabis and Zofran, was that your like magic mix? That's what worked the best. Oh, 100%. 100%. I would swear by it. <laughs> what about you? Um, For me, after like a cycle or two, we figured out that because I kept complaining about I'm still nauseous, I'm still nauseous. Well, we actually figured out that it was heartburn. My nausea was under control, but I had horrible heartburn that felt like nausea. And so for me, um, IV amend was what I got during infusion. And then um, I struggle with Sofran, um, but promethazine and then um, like Prilosec at home that was like my magic all of a sudden I really didn't have nausea problems after my second infusion because we had everything under control but it was it was finding out what works that's amazing isn't that the worst though when it takes the first like one or two cycles to figure it out because at that point you're just like drained mentally physically emotionally like all the things you know but when you do have that aha moment and you find the magic potion like, it's just like your life, like just started over again. You know what I mean? Um, yes, that was after my first infusion, I understood why people would quit because I had a really strange 
re- reaction to one drug that left me with like a rash that was a combo between cystic acne and a horrible burn. Um, it was awful. And then dealing with nausea and whatever. So yeah, once I got it under control, it was fine. And I remember my oncologist telling me, um, we are not dropping doses. We are just medicating symptoms so that you can get through this. And I was like, wow. Okay. And medicate we did. I mean, it makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, I'm thankful now. I heard other patients say that, you know, once you're properly medicated, it should be somewhat manageable. Not every day is going to be great. Not every hour is going to be great. But I remember hearing that and then getting to the point where, you know, the first few days after infusion, I was dead to the world. It was awful, but I would slowly, it would get better. And medication was a huge part of that. Yeah. And like speaking of our like AYA segment, um, I think when I first showed up in the oncology office and she saw that I was 29, triple negative, um, she dosed me with like an aggressive amount of andromycin. And I tried multiple like nausea medication. And that is why like cannabis was my like end all be all because it was the only thing that helped me. I mean, when I tell you I was sleeping, throwing up nausea for probably 15, 16 hours a day, like not leaving my bed, like it was probably the hardest months of my life. And so that's what I mean, though. It's so difficult in those first one or two cycles because you're really trying to feel out, you know, what works and what doesn't. And I probably had to go around that time before I really just like stepped it up and found out what worked for me. Now, I also saw that the community mentioned Ativan and Xanax as well. I never personally took those. Did you? Yes, big fan. Um, I actually had Ativan once or twice during chemo when I had like um, kind of a panic attack moment. Um, I also have it in the non-IV form and it is helpful. It was helpful during that time because... Um, I used to joke that you can't be nauseous if you're unconscious. And so Ativan kind of was like a two for one there. Like I wasn't nauseous because I was sleeping, um, took the edge off. And I don't know what I, how I would have managed navigating 2020 if I didn't have, um, some anxiety meds that helped me get through that. Um, so yeah, I, it was helpful for me. I think. There's a lot of jokes on, you know, the cancer patient about IV Ativan being like the best. And I, I would have to agree. It's, it's not it's a nice. bad combo then. I mean, it's kind of like a double whammy for you, right? And I just feel like the anxiety part of starting a new treatment or even just like scans, like anything, I just feel like it's so under the radar. I feel like, yeah, if you're saying that like there's so much like immediate danger and like you're navigating cancer and you're trying to do chemo and sometimes I think doctors forget that you have the normal human emotions that are also making it hard um, that aren't always addressed or aren't always at the forefront of their focus exactly and it's like the anxiety part it's it's yeah it's overlooked at times as you can see it nausea is so common but treatment is individualized And like we always say, like everyone's journey is different. Like we aren't doctors. So definitely talk to your team about, you know, what the right options are for you. So more of my like faves, like, because of course we completely got off track, but that's cool. (laughs) Um, But the must haves for me, or even just like the necessities that helped me get through chemo all those years ago, mouthwash to help with dry mouth. That was just like a very weird side effect that I got with chemo. Like my mouth was always dry. And no, it was not from the cannabis because I know that's what you're thinking, Kate. (laughs) No, I was thinking I remember using that because you have to get an oncology safe one. And there's a specific brand that's like really great. And I had forgotten. That's such a good one. Okay. So then we'll link that in our highlight, that specific one that you're thinking about. Um, Something like a tote bag for just infusion days to carry like smaller items or even like a small cooler to store your ice mittens um, and your ice footies. Again, with like the taste, I don't know. And even like the nausea, like lollipops or even like the ginger chews, they really helped for like the bad taste that I always had in my mouth from treatment or just like the nausea in general. And if for whatever reason 
if not prescribed numbing cream for your port was a lifesaver. I'm sure it's a lifesaver for many people. And I feel like the port cream is way better than the spray because it doesn't thin the skin over time. And so like what my regimen is, is normally I'll put the port cream on about two hours prior because that's where it really uh, soaks in and gets the numbness. And then I'll use a Tegaderm and I'll put it over. And I have an arm port. So it's a little bit different for me. And then by the time like my port, it's time to be accessed, I don't feel a thing. And so the port cream is definitely the way to go if you're not currently being prescribed that. I would agree. I don't use it anymore. But when I use the port cream, um, doing it like two hours and then adding a little bit extra at an hour, super helpful. I went the like dollar store version of the Tegaderm and I used to use the Glad Press and Seal. So I have a chest port, so it's easy to press on there. I would think with an arm port, there's probably some like friction that would make press and seal not a great fit. But if you have a chest port, it works pretty well. Cool. Well, we can definitely like link that as well. I feel like we're just going to have an awesome highlight filled with like so many items that are just going to help so many people. I love this. So Kate, I know you talked about yours and I talked about mine. I guess all that's left is probably just the community must have. So do you want to mention that real quick? Yeah. So the community came in with pill organizers. Super great. My suggestion is to get one that there's at least an AM PM and they're removable by day. So like an individual thing that they can bring all or one or two. That was really helpful. A port pillow. um, We'll link that because that's kind of one that I don't think if you'll know what it is if you're not in our community, but it's a little pillow that rides over your port in the car. um, So it can make it a little bit more comfortable, cuticle oil, um, your, again, your skin changes, your nails trash during chemo. So cuticle oil, super great protein water. Um, that was a big one. So, you know, to Ren's point earlier, your taste changes and it's sometimes hard to get enough protein. Things don't taste good. Um, so protein water is a really good solution. Um, Beanies, also great. Cancer centers are cold. Um, and so beanies are are awesome. We'll link some of our faves. And then earlier, Ren mentioned it because apparently her center has them. Mine does not. But heated blankets. Um, Target, especially around the holidays, like wintertime, they sell uh, heated throws that are very small, but they are they just plug in. And that would be great. But a heated blanket or a microwavable heat source, like some of those, I don't know what they're stuffed with, but the like, you know, the animals that you heat up in the microwave, those are great. Oh yeah. Or even just like, um, hand warmers. Yeah. Anything like that, that can just be like a quick fix and warm you up real quick. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's move into radiation. I have not had radiation. So Ren, I'm going to let you take the wheel on this one. Okay. So I had radiation like four years ago and I feel like my life's pretty much a blur all those years. (laughs) Um, Radiation happens like real quick. It's like a daily occurrence and it's like you're doing it for, gosh, what did I do? Like three weeks, but it's just like, it's like a part-time job for three weeks and you're in and you're out and it's just, things get crazy. But the one thing that I remember through it all is cocoa butter. I remember, I can't actually pinpoint who suggested it to me, but it really helped. You know, when you're getting radiation, your skin will almost feel like a sunburn. It's just like really irritated. And so the cocoa butter really soothes it. And it made like a world of a difference for me. It really helped me out. And then some of our community must-haves for radiation were myoderm. What was the other one? Calendula. Um, Of course, like loose fitting SPF rated clothing, especially in the summer if you're outside. Like I mentioned before, your skin kind of feels like it's on fire. So the last thing you want to do is like expose your skin to the sun's rays because that's just no pun intended, like adding fuel to the fire. Um, Oncology safe sunscreen, definitely want to roll with the sunscreen. And then deodorant, like look for a gentler like natural type of deodorant, like Alra, Native, Wild. Those were mentioned brands from the community. And then we also had somebody say just to like avoid antiperspirant. I, when I was going through 
radiation, I definitely use like a gentler deodorant. I would definitely rock with that for sure. Um, and aside to that is I use Wild and it's a UK company, but they're super um, planet conscious. So you get a reusable metal dispenser. I don't know what you call it. Like that, what you hold that thing. You get a reusable one that you can like customize and they come in different designs. And actually right now they're partnering with Copperfield, which is a British um, breast cancer awareness, like secondary, they call it secondary, but secondary cancer awareness um, that was, I believe, started by a stage four patient. Anyway, they're doing a special case that has boobs on it. It's like really cute. I ordered it. So I like Wild a lot. It's it works really well. It's gentle and you can support breast cancer research if you get it this month. Okay. So let's definitely link that and a picture of it too, because that sounds really neat. Okay. So now that we've now talked about the radiation must-haves, we are going to transition to our surgery must-haves. So I'm going to let Kate uh, start you with the surgery must-haves. All right. So surgery, similar to chemo, full zip or button up shirts um, when you're having mastectomies or even lumpectomies um, and reconstruction, you have a limited range of motion for a while. So having easy access shirts are lifesaver. Comfy under underwire free bras. So Anna Ono is well known in the breast cancer community. They have a cancer focused line of bras. Um, that are developed for women who've had reconstruction um, or mastectomies. It's really great company, um, but some less expensive options. True and Co at Target um, is one that I've used before, and so just having those options. Underwires are sometimes really uncomfortable after you've had reconstruction. Uh, let's see. Oh, dry shampoo. That was a big one. You can't really wash your hair for a minute, nor do you really want to because recovery is hard, right? So dry shampoo is great. And then low difficulty self-care options for me were a lifesaver. So face wipes, baby wipes, things that like you can't shower right away and you can't stand up because, you know, awful. So having those ways to still feel like fresh was great. I could not agree more with that. Like just the baby wipes, the face wipes, all of it, because it's true. Like they say you can't really get in the shower for like five days afterwards, right? Yeah, I think it was, I want to say I didn't get to take a shower for like a week. Yeah, it was, it's rough. I mean, anybody that's gone through like a very invasive surgery, like a double mastectomy would tell you the same thing. And following that for some of my like necessities, favorites, whatever you want to call it, must-haves for surgery. It was someone to have for like drain management. Like I'm going to shout out to my husband for that because it is, I mean, I w- it is not pretty. And I just, I couldn't really imagine doing something like that myself. And he really stepped up and helped me with it. So if you are going to have drains, I would definitely suggest having like a support person with you, um, just to help you with that, even if it's not a hundred percent, just somebody to lean on, you know, in those first few days, because those first few days are rough. And speaking of rough, I would say my second one would be to make sure that you have some sort of like reclining chair, reclining couch, or even like one of those bougie like recliner beds, because man, is it hard as hell to sit up. I mean, And like the less speedy option would be like a bed rest pillow or like the healing chair, which was a community suggestion. But for me, like I had to sleep on my reclining couch for a week because I could not lay flat for the life of me. Like I was just in way too much pain. And so that really came in clutch. So I would just really know ahead of time, it's going to be hard to lay flat. So just have some sort of option to help with like support of your chest. And so transitioning into some of the community must have, of course, the body and mastectomy pillow, super helpful. Um, Robes with pockets to hold the drains. There are actually mastectomy specific robes. I think it's called the Brobe and like Anna Ono. Those are two examples of these, um, super helpful. And then 
the last one that the community said was the drain management belt. And it's just somewhere to put those things. Like you, you don't want to be walking around like holding them in your hands. So it's just a convenient, like just place to like put them. And you're not like having to focus on them constantly with them, you know, being in your hand. They're just, you've got a belt, you have pockets and the drains fit in the pockets. So of course, all of that covers a lot of the specific must-haves for chemo, radiation, and surgery from Kate and I, but also the Living Our Breast Lives community. Uh, we put out an engagement piece, and we got a lot of feedback because, I mean, when you're going through it, this stuff is unbelievably important. I mean, it's a really shitty situation, but these things make it a little bit easier. So at the end of the day, you want to try and make your life easier in a really when you're in a really tough spot like that. So there's one other thing that I want to bring up on today's episode. I'm sure a lot of survivors and thrivers can relate to this wholeheartedly. A lot of time, your people, your loved ones, your friends, your coworkers, they don't know what to do. And they'll say things like, please let me know what you need or how can I help? But at the end of the day, they'll end up guessing and then it unfortunately ends up being a skip, like Kate said previously. Or even worse, like nothing will get done at all. Exactly. And I don't know about you. On a good day, it's really hard for me to ask in general for help. And so going through treatment, you're just so overwhelmed. I wish I had known sooner just to answer people honestly when they ask how they can help or what you need to give them specific and honest things. Because ultimately, they'll either get it for you and that need is met, or they won't, but they won't waste their money on something that you don't need. I think it's win-win. No, I agree. I feel the exact same way. And it was hard for me too. I feel like it's probably hard for most people. Like when you're in the middle of a health crisis, sometimes there's just no energy left to field questions like this. And it's also typically like the last thing on your mind for obvious reasons, you know? Exactly. And so Ren and I decided another, it would be helpful to talk about some things that cancer patients can do that are low energy, but will give their, their community, their people, actionable things that they need. Um, so deciding where you need the most help can be a really good start. So if you know that cancer, because cancer treatment and financial toxicity are such, they're so intertwined. Um, If you know that financially it's going to be an impact, set up a GoFundMe or put your Venmo or your Zelle or whatever, um, put it out there so that people set up a Venmo that's for this, that has the name about so-and-so's cancer fund or whatever. There's ways to do that, to promote that. And that way, when somebody asks you, you can just say, oh, here's the link. Low energy, easy to do. Um, If you need more specific things, Um, You know that it's going to impact your home life or your ability to do things at home or do your day-to-day tasks. Um, Both patients and their community can do things like meal train signups, gift cards for groceries, Grubhub and Uber Eats gift cards. I know I loved Grubhub and Uber Eats because I still to this day, if I'm at the center long enough, I'll Uber eat my lunch while I'm there. Um, So those are like really helpful. It also allows patients to pick what sounds good to them because it changes all the time during chemo. What's good one infusion is awful the next. So things like that let patients have some control over what they're doing. Um, Laundry services, paying for somebody to come pick up laundry and wash it and bring it back, or even a community, a loved one, a community member, go over to their house and do it for them. Just tell them, I'm going to come on this day this is what I'm going to do. That's the best thing to hear as a patient is that direct, actionable thing. Similarly, cleaning services. Um, If you feel awful and you're navigating appointments and all those things, sometimes like housework falls by the wayside. So um, a a cleaning person, a landscaping person, um, or you can come do it for them if you have that ability. Offering transportation. to and from appointments is a big one. Um, that was that is easy 
to do. Um, and the last one was like babysitting. If they have kids, offering to watch their kids, offering to take their kids, you know, out to a movie, to a park, whatever, to give them some quiet time. Um, so those are all things that you can do that are specific, they're actionable, um, and you can tailor them around what the person needs and patients can be specific in what they want. And a lot of the time it is more action-based things that we need in that moment, especially when, like Kate said, the medical bills are piling up, like that's kind of scary and you don't really have much control in that. Um, I would say another good option, which I wish I would have thought of in the beginning is setting up an Amazon wish list. It's a way that you can ask for specific things you need, and it makes it very easy for your community to provide you just meaningful help. And so everything that Kate said, the Amazon wish list, like all of these are just very, very helpful when you're struggling and in a spot of crisis. And so after my double mastectomy, I mentioned it before, I not only was I sleeping on the couch for, honestly, I might have been closer to two weeks. I couldn't drive for an entire month. Like there were no errands for me. So a service like, you know, Kate mentioned before, it really, that that stuff makes a world of a difference. So wonderful list. Really hope that it helps you guys or somebody that, you know, means a lot to you that needs help. So let's transition into talking about certain items gifted to us by other people that want to support, that are of course thoughtful, but not, I don't know, like necessarily useful or helpful to a cancer patient. I really hate saying that. Like I said, I, we know that it's the thought that counts, but we tend to get these items regularly and we could probably do without them. And this is why they're called skips. It's probably the nicest way to put it. Um, again, although thoughtful, just not essential. So let's talk about a few of these, Kate. What do you got? So first, to echo what Ren said, these aren't skips for everybody. Some of them do have legitimate reasons why you should skip them or know more about the person before you send them. But these are just our skips. And I think we know that everything comes from a place of love. But I think if the intent is to help somebody, you would want to know what would be really helpful to them. And the first one I'm going to talk about is flowers. Um, So they actually can present a risk for infection. So a lot of times you'll read that they're really not recommended um, because of that. And also when I was going through chemo, um, my skin, everything was just so much more sensitive. My allergies were worse. So um, sometimes unless the person's asking for flowers, that one can end up being a skip. Plus flowers are freaking expensive. Um, you know, if you're going to spend 40 to a hundred dollars to have flowers delivered, that person might just, it might be better to do an actionable item, you know, like flowers are, they're pricey for something that dies, you know? Um, let's see. Balloons are also tricky. So if you're sending somebody something that's in the hospital, you cannot usually send balloons of any kind. Um, so those are kind of tricky. Another potential skip is food items that the person hasn't requested. So treatment can change how things taste in a way that's not predictable. It's not the same for everyone. And then add on top of that smell sensitivities and nausea, the best thing to do is have specific direction if you're going to give somebody food. Um, those would be mine. Ren, what else do you have for skips? So I will take it one step further and I'll even say just like uh, chemically nature products, that kind of stuff could be irritating to the skin while undergoing treatment as well. Like Kate said, like chemo has the ability to change a lot of things and my memory is kind of shitty, but I do remember you saying this, Kate, you said that you previously struggled or you currently struggle when wrapping presents during Christmas time because of the texture you said like the wrapping paper hurts your fingers, which was one of the like many awesome chemo side effects. Is that right? Yeah, I have neuropathy um, that, you know, it's the price of being alive, but it does. It's it's really hard for me to open bottles and um, texting is difficult because I can't feel where I'm pressing all the time. And then wrapping paper um, was it's really hard. It makes your hands hurt. So that's a tough one. Yeah. And like, if you're, you know, if somebody is gifting you a lotion, 
you know, and it just reacts not well with your skin. Like you could feel like a burning sensation. I mean, I know, um, I stayed away from a lot of those kinds of products because when I was taking Keytruda pills all those years ago, I got, um, hand and foot syndrome, which was fun. So I had like all of these blisters all over my hands and feet. And, you know, that was where like certain non like hypoallergenic products, like they burned the crap out of my hands and feet. And so I had to be really careful with like what products I would use. Um, so some other skips, let's, let's talk about the elephant in the room, the good old coloring books. Let's talk about it. So I know you've received your fair share of coloring books, Kate, but let me just talk about mine real quick. So I received, gosh, if I went in my closet right now and I counted the amount of coloring books that I received, they were just, it it was an abundance of them. Like coloring books are always, almost always given as a gift. And again, this is just me being blunt. They provide no value or support in comparison to the many other items we've talked about today. So unless somebody going through cancer treatment specifically asks for a coloring book, don't do it. I'm sure Kate can agree. And I can't tell you the amount of community members who wrote Kate and I mentioning the coloring books. Kate, what do you have to say about the coloring books? Oh my gosh. So many, you get so many. And I got one that was like very toxically positive. And I'm sure the person meant well, but even now, I'm on targeted treatment. You know what I'm going to do when I go for those four hours? I'm going to take a freaking nap. So yes, coloring books. I'm going to be really honest. In my three years, I have never colored. I've never even thought of coloring. I'm going to the infusion center to take a nap um, or just chill. I'm, I'm not coloring. So again, unless the person asked for it or they're like an avid colorer, it's probably not great. Not a great gift. Yep. Or catch up on your Hulu or your Netflix. We're not coloring. And then like, in addition to that, like, again, I know it's the thought that counts, but like the fighter and warrior gifts without knowing how the person feels about battle language. It's just a no for me. Fight like a warrior, a lot of pink. We are not pink. We are not cute. We are not early stage. Exactly. I think sometimes like you think it's helpful, but the like, you got this or you'll beat this. You're a fighter. Like we weren't given any other choice. And to be quite frank, that's not the truth. And one last skip that I think is really important is don't gift anybody alternative treatments that they didn't ask for. So to Ren's Send it point for the people in the back. <laughs> right, right. We're not anti alternative treatments. There is a lot, there are a lot of complementary things that you can do in cancer land that have some potential benefits. But to give someone an alternative treatment, there's a lot of factors there. To Ren's point earlier, there are Um, natural things that interact with drugs that we're taking. So when you're giving somebody like essential oils or lotions or, you know, supplements, there's a lot of things that could go wrong where that becomes not a great gift. So the supplement market, there's not the same oversight as there is over actually approved drugs. And so what can happen and why cancer patients, one of the reasons why cancer patients are warned against using anything that their doctor isn't aware of is because sometimes, depending on the supplement, it could have hormones in it that we're trying to keep out of our body to starve cancer. And so it's just really important that unless somebody has expressed interest or specifically asked you, that's a definite skip. I could not agree more. Yeah, that's definitely something you want to stay away from just to make sure that you keep yourself healthy and you don't have any you know, issues, making your situation even harder than it already is. So there you have it. A few of our favorite helpful cancer must-haves. These items, whether used during chemo, surgery, or radiation, 
have helped Kate and I get through cancer and were huge parts in our dealing with the situation and then our healing. And so hopefully this episode provides tremendous value to, of course, the breast cancer community, metastatic breast cancer community, whether you're the one diagnosed and in need of suggestions or it's your loved one who has recently been diagnosed and you're just looking for efficient ways, you know, to support their cancer journey. We're going to link these in a highlight on Instagram. So there's a quick access way that you can go back and look at these things. Anything that was specific, we're going to give you links to. So that will all be done by the time this episode comes out. And then as you may have caught in the beginning of the episode, we had so much fun doing the triple negative feature and met so many amazing people that we're going to do it again. Um, In May, we're going to do the AYA NBC crowd. So NBC um, people who were diagnosed before 40. And we're going to get some of their experiences, highlight, hopefully not only for our community, but for other people, how different this experience is and where there are pitfalls in our experience because there's not necessarily the same attention or familiarity as there is with older cancer patients. So we're really excited. Yeah, we really are. And like, I just love how it, you know, gives the opportunity to showcase MBC thrivers in the absolute best way. And like Kate said, you'd really be surprised at how different an AYA's experience, you know, with a cancer diagnosis can truly be. There's just a lot that needs to be talked about and needs to be addressed. And the coolest part about it is following our upcoming May segment, there will be a pod episode that Kate and I will be doing that involves everything AYA. And we'll use that to wrap the month up. So you definitely don't want to miss it. And as always, we really appreciate you supporting Living Our Breast Lives and, of course, listening to today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning into our podcast, Living Our Breast Lives. Feel free to follow us on Instagram at Living Our Breast Lives, where we will share podcast updates, special dates, educational resources, and, of course, health updates for those following the community's MBC journeys. Have questions, comments, or anything else you'd like answered on the pod? Send us a message on Instagram. Thank you from the bottom of our heart. And as always, choose kindness. Someone may look fine on the outside, but you never know who's actually struggling on the inside. Until next time, don't forget to live your best lives. God bless. Thanks, everyone. 